We paid off $91,000 in six months, but we actually paid off $71,000 in the three months that when the pandemic started. You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. I'm your host, Nasima McElroy of Financially Intentional. Let's spark some flames, y'all. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom. The budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals. The common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this. So head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. Welcome to episode 61 of the Nurses on Fire podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, welcome and cheers to igniting your fire. I'd be eternally grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, leave a review and share with other nurses that you know could benefit. Now, people think that I have an amazing debt payoff story. Well, I have nothing on Nikesha. Nikesha is an OG member of the Financially Intentional community and a past guest on the Nurses on Fire podcast. She joined us back in episode five, discussing how financial stewardship helped her pay off $140,000 in debt. Nikesha Dreyer is a psychiatric nurse practitioner and nursing has given her the opportunity and flexibility to change her family tree. She has always been able to negotiate unique work schedules and opportunities, which allowed her the flexibility to be with and take care of her family. She's owned clinics, done inpatient rounding, and also holds contracts working from home doing telepsychiatry. All this has given her the ability to earn multiple six figures in Alabama as a nurse. Now, her original goal from the last episode was to pay off $180,000 in debt to become debt-free in 2019. While she was not able to achieve that goal, she went on to achieve something even more spectacular. Episode 61 of the Nurses on Fire podcast, this nurse paid off $71,000 in student loan debt in three months during the pandemic. All right, Nurses on Fire, we are back with Nahisha Dreyer from episode five of the Nurses on Fire podcast, one of the most popular podcast episodes where she talks about financial stewardship and how she had paid off a massive amount of debt. But we are back with an update because she has some amazing news and even some of it is a surprise for me today. So I'm going to be surprised right along with you. So, hey, Nikisha. 
Hey, it's so good to be back with you again, to be able to tell the end of the story, but not the end. It's just a new beginning. A new beginning. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so let's pick up where we left off, where you had paid off a massive amount of debt, six figures in debt already. And, and you're in Alabama making six figures as a psych MP, along with your other side hustles. And we kind of left, left off there just talking about your journey to getting where you were at that time. But bring us up to date with what's been going on in your life since the last episode. Well, let's see. Since the last episode, I'm trying to remember. I know that we had set out to pay off $184,000 in debt in 12 months. Of that, we had already paid off $40,000 in the four to six months before that. So we didn't meet that goal. We paid off, let's see. After 12 months, we still had $91,000 in debt left. That was in January of 2020. So I told my husband, we, June is it. Like we paid off 90000 or 93000 in 12 months. We're going to have to find a way to pay off this 91000 in six months because I just don't think mentally I can keep doing this. So that's exactly what happened. Wait, 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 wait. So when you, you told your husband that, what was he like? Woman, I've already been <laughs> hustling hard. Was he surprised? Like, what are you trying to have me do? What was his reaction? He was like, okay. I mean, no, because my husband is not a spender and he's not a nerd either. I'm really nerdy about numbers and everything, but I'm, I'm a spender. And so he, I mean, he's one of 10. So, you know, he, he doesn't require much, never does, never did. But so, I, and he's real laid back. So if I, if I tell him, well, he's used to it now. We've been married 18 years that we're going to do something crazy. And I know we can, he's just kind of, it's like, okay, well, let's see. <laughs> and so he was just like, okay, we got, we can do anything. And so but in the beginning, January and February, we had only paid off like $20,000. And I was just like, this is not looking like my plan. So, but then COVID came along and everybody else was, you know, saying this has been terrible, but it was absolutely wonderful for us. Okay. So what changed when like the full pandemic <laughs> kind of, uh, came upon us. <laughs> well, one of the things that we did in our budget is we chose not to take our kids out of anything. And so my son uh, runs cross country. He was in the eighth grade then. He's in ninth grade now, but he was the fastest eighth grader in the nation. So one of the things that was coming up was a big trip to New York where he was going to get to run in nationals for the first time. And then all the expenses that go along with cross country and track. So he held a lot of records um, in the eighth grade. So we were always gone. Then our daughter is a cheerleader. So, and her team is second in the nation. So there was a lot of travel coming up with that. And so we were at the hotel getting ready to both all go to the hotel, but we were going in separate directions. And that morning they called and said, all those things were canceled. The night before her stuff was canceled and the next day his things were canceled. So, yeah, so we saved a lot of money right there. 
But that also means that those seasons ended up going on hold. And so because they were on hold, not only did we save money, but I became more available. And as I became available, more things opened up to me. And just knowing your worth, I know what I'm worth. So when one of the things that opened up to me is being able to cover a hospital and do rounds. And I just went in there with full confidence saying that, yeah, I can do that. I have an availability and they didn't have anyone. The doctor they had hired was not starting until June, but I absolutely knew what I was worth and I knew what I needed to do. And they said, okay, so that opportunity opened up to me along with what the other things I was doing. And you said six figures. No, it was multiple six figures that <laughs> that I was making. And then to get that contract, it just added to that. So I will tell you that in March, let's see, in March, we didn't pay anybody anything because, you know, nobody really knew what was going on. So the hardest thing for me was to hold on to our money. And so by April, we had saved up and we said we would wait and make sure we weren't going to be you know, laid off work or anything like that. And we had saved up $25,000 to, and I wanted, <laughs> part of me was like, I'm going to keep some of it. And, uh, but you know, when you have a plan and you have a, a deadline and a goal and an accountability partner, it just keeps you on track. And so we took that and we paid $25,000 on what was left of the student loan, which was about $71,000 in April. <laughs> so then the next month money came in and we paid off another that was May another 25,000 and I'm telling you as fast as it was coming in I was setting those dollars out on their job to do their job and so then we ended up making the last payment that was April May and June June 23rd was the last payment and we all sat down and made the payment together to Navient. And uh, <laughs> that was a glorious time. I was just like, it was kind of, you know, surreal. Like, gosh, we've been talking about this so long. And, and so, there, yeah, we made that payment. So we paid off $91,000 in six months, but we actually paid off $71,000 in the three months that when the pandemic started. That's crazy. So you're throwing out these numbers that most people can't even wrap their head around. First of all, I always get the hate comments like, what? You're not relatable because, I mean, how do you talk to somebody that's only making $20,000 a year? Or, I mean, you paid off $71,000 and most people in this country don't even make that. So when people hear your story, are they like in disbelief? I mean, this, this Alabama nurse, how is she able to pay off all this money? The mindset that you had to encompass in order to be even be able to amass that amount of money to make that amount of money and then not only that you are being a good steward of your money of course and you have a job for every single one of your dollars and you you have a goal and you stuck to it so let's just talk about that like what kind of person does it take to be able to just do that well you know one of the things i, I was funny i was talking about this today i uh, i was telling a friend that 
I said, you can pretty much determine what kind of conversation or the depth of conversation, the depth of conversation you can have with a person. When I say, hey, you like your job? And they answer something like, yeah, because I don't do nothing. Or, yeah, I don't do anything. And then it, it, right there, I know, okay, so I, I know how far I can go in conversation because they won't be able to understand the the drive that I have for more, to do more, to accomplish more on this earth. First, you got to have a, to me, just a paradigm shift about your place in this world, about work and how uh, sometimes people look at work as a negative thing. And I look at work as if you're doing what you love and what you're called to do. Mind you, when I said I got another contract, there's some things that I'm not going to do, not even not to get out of debt, not because it's beneath me, but because I know I have a specialized skill. So when you say, for instance, if you take a nurse and you tell me that a nurse is going to get a part time job working at a department store to make extra money to pay off debt. I just I really don't agree with that because I'm, I'm kind of like, well, if you enjoy nursing then let's find something in nursing, not only where you're going to make the money that you make, say, at the hospital, but maybe where you can make more money doing something that you love in nursing. I mean, I respect the fact that you can find a a part-time job at a department store, but I really try to push people, what is that thing you love to do? Like, for my own kids, I wouldn't if I had a child that liked to cook, I wouldn't say, well, I want you to go to McDonald's so you can figure out, you know, what you want to do. Let's do you a little side hustle where you serve food and we're going to take orders over here. And then I'm going to show you how to deliver it. I'm going to show you how to start a business doing that so that there's no ceiling. And for me, I try to get away from working by the hour because I working by the hour puts a ceiling on my time. There's only so much you can do in an hour. I mean, there's only so much money you can make when you're working by the hour. So I decided, one, I opened up a private practice on Tuesdays. And the thing about nursing, because you can't get burnt out just in one area. I'm in psychiatry, but I, I love addictions. So on Tuesdays, I see patients and I do Suboxone treatments. So then this opportunity came to round at a hospital on the weekends. Well, the thing about that is I love that idea as long as you don't tell me when I have to be there. You don't tell me how long I have to stay and be confident when you hire me that I'm going to do my job and a little more than that. And so compensate me well, and and let's see where we go from there. So those are the things that, that's my mindset. If you need something, and I'm talking to my oldest daughter about this, she likes uh, fashion. Uh, and I'm talking to her about, okay, so we're not going to work at a fashion store. Get a vendor's license. Let's see, can you sell five pieces of clothing? Y'all are on social media all day. If you can do that, then that's your avenue into your your hustle, which may become your main thing. So let's let's try to work that that way. Dang, Nikisha, the way that you think is just phenomenal. Not only that, you're passing these lessons on to your kids in a way that 
you are truly, truly, truly teaching them how to fish so that they can be self-sustaining adults. And that's great. And another thing I want to touch on is that you like feel this need so well, you went into this job rounding at a hospital, knowing your skill set, knowing your worth and commanding what would make it worth it for you. And financially, it's a win. And then personally, it's a win because the world was closed down anyway. You're not traveling. You're not going to these games and tournaments and all this kind of stuff. You might as well make money while most people was in the house sulking. And (laughs) woe is me. You was out here finding opportunities to make even more. That allowed you to pay down $71,000 in a three-month time frame. And remind me again, Nikisha, total from the beginning of your debt-free journey, how much money have you paid off? It was $224,000 and 175,000 of that was student loans. Wow. I mean, I know I've been there, you know, I'm, I'm the $200,000. Well, it was 180. So it was almost right there. But you know, once you add in that interest over the years, it's closer to 200,000. So I'm right there with you, girl. And that's, uh, you know, whoo, I, I do not miss those student loan servicers and student loan payments. And welcome to the club of student loan debt freedom, girl, because it is lovely over here. (laughs) yeah but you know i want to encourage because i want to encourage nurses i want to encourage people because one of the things nasima is i did not start off being able to make 500 hundred dollar payments i mean in the end i was making fifteen thousand eight thousand dollar payments but in the beginning you know i was making my minimum payment that's been a while, but I mean, because I don't want people to say, well, yeah, you can do this because you did that. But I tell you this all the time. I was a good steward of what was being given to me. Now, when the opportunity came where I could make more money, now, if I didn't have a plan, that money would have ended up buying me a new vehicle or I'm trying to name things, but those things I don't care about. Now, going on a trip. Those are the things I care about. It wasn't hard for me to take those dollars and put them where they were supposed to go, but it was hard for me to continue on this journey without having some breaks. Like we would go places, small places out of town on the weekend. And as soon as we got out of debt, we went to the beach for a week. And then shortly after I got COVID or my whole family had COVID. And that's a whole nother story, but I'm, I'm just thankful to God to be able to tell that testimony that we're here and we're fully recovered and we're doing fine. I was going to say that being a good steward of the opportunities that come your way, one of the things that I see with people when they go out and get a second job, even with the intentions of getting out of debt, the second job just gets um, lumped into their regular income. And then the next thing you know, they raise their level and their standard of living. So now they need that second job. So they work two jobs full time all the time and they're still in debt. And so then they wonder, well, I can't get out of debt no matter what I do. And I always say that there's something else like you can know what to do, but there's also a spiritual side of money 
and money management that people have to address before they're able to make any real progress. So. Yes, yes, yes. So what most people do is like they let their lifestyle inflate once they start making more money. And so the relationship flips, even though they set out into the relationship with good intentions. Now they're living to work instead of working to live. So we need to flip that relationship. And the way that we do that is to really have a plan for our money and stick to that plan. I just really want to know, like, what was that major shift that happened for you from where you went from to paying your minimum payments on your student loans to throwing five figures at them? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a lot of it, like I said, had to do with I didn't have a, a, a large income either. So as our income started to grow, now this was years ago, the, but let me let me go back. This student loan debt has been around forever. But in the last couple of years, it was like, oh, we're throwing here. We'll, you know, over a year, maybe we might put a $10,000 on it. But I am here to tell you, when you get focused on anything, you get focused on it and you start to drown out all the other voices And this is really the spiritual side, too, as I was saying about dealing with yourself and seeing what's going on. Why am I spending money? As you said, now I've inflated my lifestyle, but you got to get to the inner core of what is the reason I keep buying these things or I keep deviating from my budget? Does buying this or going here for the moment, it makes me feel good. Well, what is the void that I'm trying to fill? It's like you got to get to the deeper layers and say, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over, which is the definition of insanity, which I'm expecting a different result. But yet also, why do I keep making the same mistakes, but promising myself it's going to be different this time? So it's more than just about knowing what to do. You got to get to, why do I keep making these mistakes? And sometimes people need a coach. Sometimes, you know, people just need to go deeper. And then after you've started dealing with some of that stuff, because sometimes we do a lot of things to try to appease a pain or a hurt or a empty place in us. And without dealing with that and being healed from that, we're going to keep making that same mistake. So after I was, it went on for a little while and I'm like, we're just barely doing, but we're doing 10 here and 12 there. And one of the things for me was I left a job that I liked and God had opened this opportunity for me to do telepsychiatry from home. I knew when I started it that it was not going to be something that I really, really enjoy, but I also understood, okay, this doubled my income. And this is for this purpose, this purpose only. Well, I did exactly what I'm telling you all about. In the first 18 months, I kind of just enjoyed, oh yeah, let's go here, let's do that. And so I put a little on the debt and that would make me feel okay. But I think the thing with me, why I couldn't do, the reason I couldn't do it for that long is even when I would be on a trip, and I think I talked to you about this before, I, I just couldn't fully enjoy it. I couldn't fully enjoy anything because I had this in the back of my mind, one, that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And two, I still have debt. Like, I I still have debt. 
So we came up with a plan where we could still go somewhere, but it was kind of a reward for the progress that we had made. And as we started doing that, I'm telling you, in the last 22 months, it just it just got faster and faster. So that first year, like I said, we were able to pay off 90000 and that just blew my mind. And then this last six months, just being able to pay off double that and, and you know, pay off the 90000 in six months. The other thing that helped me was um, being a self-employed, being a business owner, because it allowed me to, and I wouldn't recommend this, especially to people who are not disciplined. It, it allowed me to pay my taxes at different times. For me, I'm all about seeing progress. So I wanted to, one thing I know for sure is I'm always going to pay Uncle Sam, but I don't, I didn't have that same kind of discipline for paying off our, our debts. Because including that debt was our truck. Um, we have an infinity truck and we paid that off also in about eight months of that. And I think I told you before we had a 401k loan and we had used that to make the down payment on our house. But I knew that if I shifted around how I was paying our taxes to, you know, to quarterly, then I could put all that towards the debt. And I knew that before the end of the year that we would pay our taxes. So some of that allowed me to see the, the attaboy that I needed in order for us to keep going. So I hope I answered some of your questions. <laughs> I'm known as a debt slayer because of the $200,000 in student loans I slayed in two and a half years. I hated those loans and dealing with the loan servicers. I was head down and focused and wanted to get rid of the debt as soon as possible. Knocking out these loans and seeing a zero loan balance was one of the most liberating feelings I have ever felt. But recently I learned that by not optimizing my student loan payoff strategy, I lost money. I'm talking about big money, y'all. I could have saved $80,000 if I had a customized student loan plan by the team at Student Loan Planner. Please don't make the same mistake as me. If you have student loan debt, especially in the six figures, head over to studentloanplanner.com slash financially intentional to get your customized student loan plan today. Do you know how your retirement funds are invested? Do you know how much you're paying in fees? Chances are you're on the same boat as some of my coworkers. Some of them set up their retirement when they first got hired and never looked at it again. Some have let a computer select their investments and don't even know what they're invested in. Worst of all, some people have their retirement funds sitting in a savings account and they're not even invested in the market because they're afraid to lose money. That's hella scary, y'all. What's even scarier is that some of you listening don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. And guess what? This is super common. This has to change today. Let Bloom do the work for you. Head over to financiallyintentional.com slash Bloom and get your free retirement account analysis. They'll check and see if your retirement account is optimized for you and they'll let you know if you're paying too much in fees. That's Bloom with three O's. 
Bloom can also manage your retirement account on an ongoing basis so you can take the stress out of retirement planning. If you choose to work with Bloom, their fees are incredibly low, less than your Netflix subscription. You have enough to worry about. Let Bloom handle your retirement account. The hardest thing you'll have to do when it comes to your retirement is remember that Bloom is spelled with three O's. Head over to financiallyintentional.com slash Bloom. Remember, spelled with three O's and get your retirement account squared away today. You did, you did. And then some, like that was some good information, especially about just the way you shifted. Like <laughs> you you could, you can put that energy towards paying Uncle Sam. You can put that energy towards paying yourself and paying down your debt. So I like that. But what I really want people to understand is that Nikisha has gone through some things. I mean, she just didn't come out working as a six figure, multiple six figure nurse and um, nurse practitioner. Nikisha had a child in college <laughs> as a single mom. Like she's she's been through the thing. She has the testimony and pretty much everything that people will say, oh, well, you can do this because X, Y, and Z. She's kind of, she's been through it all. And so I really want you to go back to episode five. She's back in the early days of the Nurses on Fire podcast, but episode five is was her original episode where she shared a lot more in depth about her story. But please know and please understand that Nikisha is the truth. She has gone through some things. She is living this life and she has been able to be successful and successfully navigate and create a nurse practitioner career by her own terms that has allowed her to command salaries and income like no other. And so she is somebody that you really should take heed of, really should learn from. And for all those nurses that reach out to me and be like, oh, you can only do this because you live in California. I want you to use Nikisha as an example because she has done it and she has done it mostly by her own merit and taking um, full advantage of opportunities that come her way. I'm sure she could have, uh, yeah, you could have just rounded at that hospital for whatever they thought they was going to pay you, but you know what you was worth. And so you came in and you commanded what you wanted to get paid. And so that's the difference between somebody who's living life with intentionality versus just kind of living and going through the motions and you know so I definitely love your story Nikisha I, it's so inspirational it's like so like mind-boggling yeah I mean like even for me that's paid off a whole bunch of debt like to think about like throwing that $25,000 in one month at debt I'm just like wow oh no. I followed you I was like man I remember I used to look on your website at your little tracker and I'm like I want to see if this girl got missing. Oh my goodness. I want to see. <laughs> and then you gotta you gotta keep people around you and, and things before your eyes. Like you're trying to get out of debt. There's no reason you should be sitting out watching TV three and four hours a day. That is such a waste of valuable time that you could be creating something that could not only change your life but change your children's children's lives and that that's what I'm up to. 
when you talk about all of the, okay, if you come to me and say, hey, I can't, I, well, I'm a single parent. And I'm like, okay, I was a single parent too. I remember um, going through school, having my daughter on my knee, <laughs> trying to study for tests. I remember, it's just your drive. Like in that time when I was going through nursing school, I had to move into some low-income apartments. I, I hadn't, I wasn't raised like that. I was living out of town. It was never my intentions to go back to my hometown with my child. And I'm like, okay. And I had to tell myself, this is for this period of time. And what I did, I made that place very nice on the inside. And I made good friends with the people around me. And so because the people around me really admired the fact that I was going to school, they would always watch out for me. So that was, and, and I just remember how, how much respect I had from those people and in return, because I, I also showed them a great deal of respect. But I remember how driven I was. I had the flu. And, you know, you just don't miss school. And I remember going to school and knocking on the uh, door and I told my teacher, look, I, I have a fever of 101, but I know I don't want to miss class. And it wasn't because I wouldn't be excused, but it's because I know for me, I'm an auditory learner. And when some of my friends give me their notes, that wasn't really going to help me. So she told me if I came in and I moved my chair to the very back of the room where I was not going to be in contact with anybody, that she would allow me to come to class. And I did. So, um, so okay, single parent. Hey, I got that. Like I said, lived in low-income housing, had a, a, a voucher for my daughter to go to daycare. You want to tell me, hey, but I just, I'm an associate nurse. That's where I started, community college. So I went to community college and, you know, all the way up to a master's. And until last year, I was working on my doctorate, but I didn't feel like that's where the Lord was calling me. And then, you know, first person in my family to go to college, that's me. That's me. I remember having all my stuff in the trunk when I drove off to college and I looked around at orientation at this school I looked around and all these people were there with their parents. And here I am. I didn't even know that you were supposed to bring your parents, but it was okay because I didn't have them with me anyway. But to look ahead about 20 years from that day, 20 years, yeah, and to bring my own daughter back to that college to sit in, in orientation with both of her parents there, it was just a blessing to me to see how the Lord had brought me full circle in that whole situation. So, and to have paid her way through college, paid her way through college. So now she is a teacher. <laughs> she doesn't have this, this whole issue. She's a teacher and she is, and we were able to set her up in her apartment pay her rent and all her bills for the first three months to get her started so that when she started making money, it would be her money and she would start, you know, start in the black. That's that's the name of my corporation, Red to Black Consulting. So we wanted her to start in the black. So she has a life that I didn't have and a start that me and her dad didn't have. So we always tell her to whom much is given, much is required. I don't expect for you when she says, you know, you made mistakes. Yes, I did. But I don't expect for you to make the same ones because you're standing on our shoulders, baby, and we're pushing you up. 
So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. But dang, just the way that you are able to make a lemonade out of lemons and just turn situations around so that you know that it's just a season and you're using that experience to build upon just speaks like it's just speaks so much to your personality and just like if you guys don't take anything away from this episode take away the fact that she is resilient in any situation and she's going to come out on top not because she was given things or because she was placed in good situations but because she chose to and she chose to be the person that she wanted to be instead of waiting for things to happen to her and then expect to fall into that role and so that is lesson number one be who you want to be move and move in that way like you are that person already you want to get out of debt make moves like you you're a person that's out of debt like really set your mind to who you're being and stop waiting for things to happen to you or to fall in your lap before you think that it's time to take action and Nikisha, you are a true action taker and i'm just excited to see where you go with this and then i'm I know you had a, an announcement, <laughs> some something major that you were going to share with us. <laughs> well, as I was saying that, you know, I know that God had given me this particular opportunity for uh, telepsychiatry to, for this purpose of getting out of debt. But we are also made to be challenged and to be creative. And so the grace for this position is gone. But it was, you know, so I got out of debt about, we got out of debt about two months ago. And I was still just kind of holding on to this position because I'm like, okay, now all this money, it'll be my money and this and then the other, which could hold me here for a very long time. But the truth is I'm not very um, challenged in this position as far as I don't feel like I'm thriving and there's so much more out there for me to do. I have a real passion for teaching people uh, about stewardship to helping for helping people to have a paradigm shift when it comes to money, when it comes to the service that they give to the world. Like that's how you're rewarded. You are rewarded with little things called dollar bills for the service that you provide to the world in whatever way that you choose to do that or you feel called to do that. So I realized that even though this particular position is multiple, this part by itself is close to multiple six figures for me, I had to really come to the realization like we're debt free except for our home. And this is the door that is opening for me to go and do more of what I love. And just like this was good for me for this, I know that It may take a little time, but what I'm able to create is going to be even better. And that I won't do myself any justice by sitting here doing this kind of work when I know that my time is up. So, and because we don't have any debt, I'm less fearful about moving forward. So today I told them, and I wanted to give them some time, and I told them that before the end of the year, I won't be with them. But I'm also big about not burning bridges and very careful and strategic about how I move about. 
So I wanted to give them, because it's very hard to find uh, someone to fill this particular position. So I wanted to give them enough time so they can start looking. And of course, they're very sad. <laughs> but this is the other thing. When I make a decision, I'm strong in that decision. And I've already always considered what a person is going to say or offer so that I'll be ready with my strong no, a pleasant no, but a firm no that this is the direction. See, a lot of people are moved by money. And if the Lord tells them to move on, they want to weigh that against what somebody said that they were, they'll pay them. Unless you're leaving because you're not being compensated, then staying shouldn't change because you're being compensated more. So money's not my motive anymore. So I have my, I had my no ready. And of course they want to know, would you help in the future? Sure. But that'll be on my terms also. So, so yeah, I turned that in. And so that's a big deal for me because my income is about to drop drastically. But my husband is okay with that. He's great with that. And I have faith that things are going to work out. And I'm also, you know, we have our emergency fund. It'll be fully funded in the next few weeks. So, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm going to start working on my calling as a stewardship coach and going around teaching these truths to, uh, to churches. But that's the beauty of financial freedom is that you get to move in whatever way you want to. If that means taking a lower paying job or just quitting your job in general, that's what you can do. And that's why you want to take control of your finances, because it gives you control back over your life. Money is a tool, okay? Money is a tool that you can use to shape your life however you want to and not having that burden of massive debt over your head. Now your overhead is so much lower. You just have your house to worry about. And so you can move however you want to. And that's a beautiful thing. So dang, Nikisha, thank you so, so much for the update. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being an inspiration for me and inside the community. You're just a beacon of light. And I really um, feel blessed to be able to know you and for you, for us to like be going through all these things, like over all these years. And I mean, they, you brought it all the way back to the, to my spreadsheets I used to share. And that's been years and years ago. So <laughs> Yeah, I remember always looking. I want to see what she's doing now. Oh my gosh, she paid off this much. And I love that you would always tell when there was setback, like the taxes and, you know, after the divorce. And I was like, dang, yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I, I was always so encouraged by that. And just, you know, some of the other things too, like on this journey, I, we didn't give up everything. And I remember talking to you. I remember when we had just gotten, it was too much, but we didn't give up everything on this journey. Some of the things I gave up, I really, I know that we needed. I've been doing a lot of reading on how certain cultures, why they're very wealthy. And it's part of it, speaking now about the Jewish community, how people focus on the thing that they specialize in. And so when we try to do everything, like, uh, you know, my husband enjoys mowing the lawn, so that's his deal. But if he can't, well, our son can mow it now. But I mean, other things like cleaning our home, we were just going to save, save all this money. But see, I don't, I, that's not my specialty. I don't like 
So I, I, I did that for about six months. And then I just went to my husband and like, hey, we could have reconvene at a budget meeting. We need the housekeepers to come back because the hours that I'm spending cleaning this house, I could be making some real money. <laughs> and so let me do what I do. Yeah, I, look, let me do what I do in psychiatry. And I want to pay and tip these people well for coming here happily to do what they love to do because it is not what I love. Cooking wasn't what I loved. So uh, we found someone for a period of time that prepared dinners for us because me, that was drudgery for me. Going to the store and trying to look up recipes, that doesn't come natural for me. But if you sit me in front of a person who needs my help, like I know what to do in that situation. And I know how to put together a contract that's going to be worth my time. And I promise you paying somebody $50 to bring dinner over here in that time that I stand at that stove and go to the grocery store for all those hours, I could have made five times that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so we came to that real quick, like mm -mm, all this. And I understand, you know, some people, and, and I didn't start there either. You know what I'm saying? But being able, this is where over a period of time and being a good steward of what came into our hands, this is what I've been able to do. And just some things I just realized, mm, I know that's saving me. It appears that those things are saving us money, but those things are not saving us money. It's keeping me from being good and doing the things that really are going to make money and bring into this household. So. Yes, yes, yes. Play to your strengths and, and, and outsource the rest. I am all about the outsourcing. <laughs> All about it. All about it. So, Nakisha, I just want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for giving us an update, for sharing your story. And like I said, for always engaging in the community and helping people that reach out to you because they're like, what? <laughs> How could you do that? I need to know. But you have been a pillar in the financially intentional community since the beginning. And, you know, I just can't appreciate you anymore like you're the bomb girl thank you so oh, much thank you thank you i am starting on this journey with financially savvy spiritually sound.com so that should be coming up pretty soon but if anybody in the community has any questions uh, sometimes i look and just look at some of the posts and I always like to encourage people like, no, you can do this. You can do this. You're doing good. Just take one step at a time and keep growing in your knowledge and stay around people that are going to encourage you on the right path. Get you some podcasts. I love when I see that you post some of your favorite podcasts. I'm like writing that down. And then <laughs> I picked up this habit from you. Like put this thing on 1.75 so that way I can listen fast. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, always learning, always growing, and always striving to just be better than you were yesterday. Yeah, that's the goal. That's all you can do. Put one foot in front of the other, change your circle of influence, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that you aspire to, and know that it's possible. Don't give up. Don't give up. We are all destined for greatness. We just have to believe that. And that's the difference between a successful person and a, and a person that's not successful. And don't think that if you make a, if you fail at something, that you failed at everything. Failure is a part of the process. Failure is a part of the path. We've all messed 
up. We've all been there. We've all had our setbacks and it's not linear. We Once we get to a point, it doesn't mean that we're not going to stumble back. Just because we got out of debt don't mean that we won't get back in debt. Just because we <laughs> just because we made it to this certain point financially doesn't mean that we don't have our, our own little stumbling blocks. So just know that, you know, it's possible for you it's possible for anybody who wants to just put their head down and do it. But Nikki, let Nikisha be an example of what's possible. So thanks again, Nikisha. Oh, thank you for having me. Now, I hope you guys peep how Nikisha is able to flip the world of nursing and her unique skills to use them in a way that fits into the life that she wants to live. This is what financial freedom is about. Instead of waiting until she became financially free to live this way, she lives like a person with income flexibility right now. And that has allowed her to meet her debt payoff goals so much faster. You guys, this is about being the person instead of waiting for something to fall into your lap. This is the be do have mentality and Nikisha has fully embraced that lesson number one if you are blown away with how much debt Nikisha has been able to pay off know that it wasn't always like that but once she aligned her goals and actions she was able to make the incredible happen I did not start off being able to make $500 payments I mean, in the end, I was making $15,000, $8,000 payments. But in the beginning, you know, I was making my minimum payment. Lesson number two. People are always looking for those tactical ways to address their money issues, but they truly aren't addressing the main issue at hand. There's also a spiritual side of money and money management that people have to address before they're able to make any real progress. So. Lesson number three. When you are ready to change your financial situation, there is nothing that can hold you back but yourself. Nikisha started from nothing to get to where she is now and didn't let that stand in her way. I'm an associate nurse. That's where I started, community college. So I went to community college and, you know, all the way up to a master's and until last year I was working on my doctorate, but I didn't feel like that's where the Lord was calling me. And then, you know, first person in my family to go to college. You've been listening to Nurses on Fire. If you want to learn more about me or my guests, check out our show notes page. If you found value, please support our show by supporting our sponsors and affiliates also listed in the show notes. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or whatever podcast app you're using to stream this show. You guys, tell all the nurses in your life to subscribe. (laughs) And if you know a nurse with a compelling money story and would like me to feature them, shoot me an email at nasima at financiallyintentional.com. All right, y'all. Much love and keep them fires blazing. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye.